99.9% of the time when I wake up, before I get out of bed, I thank God for another day on earth. Today was different though. I asked myself a question. Why did Marcus Smart win Defensive Player of the Year? On this episode of The Last Dan, we're going to look at the history of the award and try to figure out how many times did silly things like this happen. The award was first given out in 1983. And, you know, when I look back at the history, you can see that the award is given for different reasons depending on the year. Sometimes it's on reputation. Sometimes it's on the traditional stats of defense, i.e. blocks, rebounds, steals. By the way, I know rebounds also account in the offense, but we know how it is. Most of your rebounds come from the defensive side of the possession. And then, you know, in modern era, we start to see the influence of advance and analytics deciphering who wins. So let's start at 1983. The first time the award was given out was to Sidney Moncrief, Hall of Fame guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. He also won it in 1984. He didn't leave the league in any stat, but it seemed like he won because of his reputation of being the best perimeter defender in the league. 1985, the award goes to Mark Eaton. He led the league with 5.6 blocks a game. That's a record. <laughs> and back then, there was a conspiracy that the Utah Jazz, you know, scorekeepers and statisticians, they were being dodgy with the numbers. If you notice, in NBA history, John Stockton is by far and away the leader in assists and steals. And some people think those guys were cooking the books so those so that their players could beef up their stats and try to improve their profile nationally. So I don't know. 1986, Alvin Robertson of the San Antonio Spurs won the award and he led the league in steals. 87, Michael Cooper won the award. He was considered to be the best perimeter defender in the league even though he was a bench player. He played in all 82 games. He only started two, so it's kind of fishy, but I get it. The Lakers were by far and away the best team in the league. Magic won the MVP, so they wanted to award another player. They chose Michael Cooper. The next year, Michael Jordan led the league in steals with 3.2, and he also averaged 1.6 blocks as a guard. This guy's the GOAT, man. It's not even close. And he won Defensive Player of the Year. The year before, in 87, Michael Jordan averaged 2.9 steals and 1.5 blocks a game. But he finished tied for 7th in the voting because the Bulls were 40 and 42. The next year, they're 50 and 32. He walks away with the award. 89, Mark Eaton wins the, league, uh, wins the award again. He doesn't lead the league in any stat, so it seems like he got it on his reputation. Not to say that he did nothing, but, you know, we're looking at normally if you get an award, it's about, hey, did you lead the league in something? What were you the best at? He didn't have that this year, so it seemed like it was more on his reputation. 1990 and 91, Dennis Rodman won back-to-back -back in 1990. 
He started 43 of the 82 games, so it's another bench player winning the award, but he was on the best team in the league and was considered to be the best defender in the league, so hey, he got it. 91, this time he's a starter and, you know, still considered the best defensive player in the league. He didn't lead the league in any stat, but he got it. 92, David Robinson got it. He led the league in blocks. 93, Hakeem won the award. He led the league in blocks. He won it again in 94, and he didn't lead the league in any stat. 95, Dikembe Mutombo wins the award. He led the league in blocks. 96, Gary Payton wins the award. He led the league in steals. 97 and 98, Mutombo won it back-to-back, and he didn't lead the league in blocks or rebounds. So it seemed like the voters wanted to give the Hawks a winner because they had a very good team back then with uh, Steve Smith, of course, Mutombo, Mookie Blaylock, who deserves a lot of love for that defense. 99 and 2000, Matumbo's Georgetown brother, Alonzo Mourning, won the award and he led the league in blocks both times, so I understand. 2001, Matumbo wins again, led the league in rebounds. I think they wanted to show love to the Sixers because they made the finals that year. Of course, awards are voted before the playoffs start, but they had a very good record. AI won the MVP, so Matumbo gets Defensive Player of the Year. Eh. 2002, Ben Wallace gets it. He led the league in blocks and rebounds. 2003, Ben Wallace wins again, led the league in rebounds. 2004, Ron Artest wins the award. He doesn't lead the league in any major stat, but he was considered to be the best perimeter defender in the league. 2005 and 2006, Ben Wallace goes back-to-back. He doesn't lead the league in rebounds or blocks anymore, but you can tell it was based on the reputation, and the Pistons were still considered to have the best defense in the league. But that's kind of dodgy. Like We're going to see. Tim Duncan never won an award a couple of these times. He probably should have gotten it, but hey, it is what it is. 2007, Marcus Camby gets it. He led the league in blocks. 2008, KG wins the award. He doesn't lead the league in any major stat, but the Celtics are considered to have the best defense in the league. He is the anchor of the defense. It's well-deserved. Looking at the advanced stats, KG led the league in defensive rating, so he deserved the award. 2009 and 2010, Dwight Howard won because he led the league in blocks and rebounds. 2011, he gets it, so we got a 3 P. And this time, he doesn't lead the league in blocks or rebounds, but he led the league in defensive ratings. So it was shown that hey, he's still the most influential and impactful defender in the league. Now we're starting to get into shaky, shaky, shaky territory. This is the most blasphemous winner of the award. 2012, Tyson Chandler didn't lead the league in nothing. That was just New York bias right there. The year before, he's the starting center of a team that wins the championship. He goes to the Knicks, and they have a pretty good regular season team. 
He wins the award. I don't know why. I still don't know why. He wasn't even voted first team all defense that year. So it just lets you know the fuckery that was going on that year. That's the, the sketchiest winner of all time in the history of the award. 2013, Mark Gasol wins it. He also does not lead the league in any major category. And he was also second team all defense. Now, most of the LeBron fans out there, they say, hey, this is the year LeBron was cheated. He should have won whoop-de-whoop. I understand why Marcus Gasol got it. You know, the grit and grind heir of the Grizzlies. He was one of the important factors in it. And looking at the numbers, he was, let me see, he was... He led the Mark Gasol led the league in defensive box plus minus. So you know plus minus, it checks your impact on your team when you're on the court and off the court. He led the league in that. He was uh, second in defensive win shares. You know that tries to calculate how much winning do you affect on different sides of the ball. They have offensive win shares, defensive win shares, and then just win shares. So. He was up there in that, and he was fifth in defensive rating. I feel like Tony Allen probably should have won the award because he was guarding everybody from Chris Paul and Kobe to KD and giving people fits. And I felt like if you wanted to award someone on the Memphis team for what that squad represented and that intensity they played with, it had to be Tony Allen. 2014, Joe Kim Noah wins the award. He led the league in defensive rating and defensive win shares. So, yeah, he deserved it. And you notice I'm talking, I'm using more advanced an- analytics now to say why someone won because it seemed like the voters started to gear away from traditional stats and wanted to focus on advanced stats. 2015, Kawhi gets the award. He led the league in steals and defensive rating. Um, 2016, he wins it again. He's up there in defensive rating. 2017, Draymond wins it. He was second in defensive rating, first in defensive box plus minus, and second in defensive win shares. So, yeah, I understand. 2018 and 2019, Rudy Gobert gets it, and he's top five in defensive rating. Uh, defense and defensive box plus minus both years. So that's when it's like, eh, I mean, I get it. But <laughs> it's getting a little shaky. 2020, Giannis wins it. Of course, Laker boys want to say, oh, Anthony Davis, he should have got it. Fuck out of here. Giannis was first in defensive rating, defensive box plus minus, and defensive win shares. Giannis in every metric showed He was the best defensive player in the league. 2021, Rudy Gobert wins it again. And this seems to be his strongest year. He was first in defensive rating and defensive win shares. And he was fourth in defensive box plus minus. And now we're in 2022. Marcus Smart wins it. (laughs) Foolish. Celtics had by far the best defense in the league. But it wasn't that crazy wasn't that far off they had a team defensive rating of 106.2 um the warriors were second with 106.6 the suns were third with 106.8 
Okay. Marcus Smart, what did you do as an individual? You were 18th in defensive rating, 12th in defensive win shares, 16th in defensive box plus minus, and 7th in steals. That doesn't sound like a defensive player of the year to me. Sounds like a very good defender on a very good defensive team. Robert Williams most likely would have won the award, but he missed 21 games due to injury. But if you wanted to honor a Celtic for the award, it should have been him. He led the league in defensive rating. He was fifth in defensive win shares and fourth in defensive box plus minus. By the way, Jason Tatum led the league in defensive win shares. So for Marcus Smart to win the award, it's sketchy. I understand the Celtics had the best defense in the league, and when Robert Williams got hurt, that the Celtics defense didn't fall off at all. But I believe that's more of the coach. You got to give him props, Ime Udoka, for having the scheme that always kept them competitive without their big man protecting the rim. And I think you also have to show love to Jalen Brown. And like I said, again, Jason Tatum, like those guys are great. Marcus Smart, he does his thing. He is the point guard of the team. He is the head of the attack. He has the responsibility of guarding the best point guard or perimeter player most of the time on the team. But it's not like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can't hold their own. If you saw how they played on Sunday against the Nets, they had Kevin Durant in bondage. Okay? Kyrie went crazy. He did whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. If I had a vote, I probably would have voted for Jaron Jackson Jr. because he led the league in blocks. He was 10th in defensive win shares and in defensive rating. The Grizzlies are, you know, one of the best teams in the league this year. We saw they lost game one to the Timberwolves. That could be an upset special. But John Morant missed over 20 games this year. And there was starting to be a thing that, hey, how good is Ja Morant or how valuable really is he to the team because they keep, they keep winning. There was a time that they were even 20-2 and two without Ja Morant. But people fail to realize that, hey, their defense doesn't fall off because Jaron Jackson Jr. is still there. Of course, when you have someone like Ja Morant, you can't replace that scoring and how he can penetrate defenses his improved shooting, his all-around game. But when you have someone like Jaron Jackson Jr. still there, the defense is intact. So I feel like he should have won the award if you didn't want to give it to Robert Williams because he missed 21 games. But let me know what you guys think. Do you guys think Marcus Smart deserved the award? If you do, I don't want actually don't want to hear your opinion, but <laughs> this is another episode of The Last Dan, and y'all stay blessed out there. Peace.